It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I'm not sure what the debate is. <laughs> That's great. Where, <laughs> where did that come from? Are you serious? Well, that's amazing. You were sitting right next to him when he said that last week. Where do you mean is where that did that what, come from? Uh, Dude, are you serious? Funny. God. Well, unbelievable. I know he, Okay, I remember the story. I remember uh, whenever he said over the loudspeaker, we're going to kick that some uh, B off, but went ahead and said the whole thing. That was great. Well, yeah, this was the same story that he was Uh, talking about here. Yeah, wow. Great memory there. I don't know what the debate – that was about kicking it to – Deuce McAllister. Uh, Deuce McAllister. I, uh, I don't think you or anyone else understands how much this is going to be played throughout the next six months. Dude, I <laughs> have been laughing at this for four or five. I, I watched it um, in the front seat of an Uber heading to the North End in Boston and have been laughing at it ever since. Well, hell, I'm not sure what the debate is. Uh, <laughs> it's a perfect Bobby Jack Wright impersonation. It's spot on. It's great. I, I just love all of that. It's perfect. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah. So you're back. Nothing happened while you were gone. Jeez. Standard business as usual. Just clipping along a normal summer here. Was last Monday like one of those epic days that you remember for a long time? Derek it was LeBlanc interesting. enters into the mm-hmm. portal. Jordy goes to Nebraska. I'm sure something else happened. Yeah, that was that was quite the day. It was interesting. Yeah, we had uh, we had all kinds of stuff going on, which I guess uh, so. We found out where Derek LeBlanc is going, the University of Central Florida, huh? Yeah, UCF. Um, he is uh, indeed going back home, kind of like he he said that he would, and still weird that he's going to be playing for a Big Twelve team. It's just weird that UCF yeah. is a Big Twelve squad, but. I uh, I wouldn't think, like, under the rules and how I understand it, I wouldn't think that we see him in Norman next year. But, dude, the rules in this sport are so crazy nowadays that there really is no telling what you can get a waiver for these days. I, would, I think if, if you're on the roster before, like, the July date, I, I think don't, you okay. can. Well, maybe so. I It's hard to keep up with how you get, yeah. like, how the eligibility works now, how you're, at, you know, actually well, eligible remember for the, the next year. Well, remember the kid we had, uh, was it from LSU, the running back, that yeah. he transferred here? I don't even think he, he, no, I don't think he went ever through played spring. It. You're right, yeah. Uh, but maybe it was because he never took a class. I don't know. There was all kind of intricacies there. You're right, though. I guess I don't actually know, but I'll just say it. I, he needs a red shirt year anyways, in my opinion. So, you know, maybe it, maybe he's he's ready to roll for Central Florida. Maybe not. But I'm happy he found a place close to home. Um, I think that's a good school. So hopefully everyone's better off. Yeah, hopefully so. Did you uh, make it out to Champion Barbecue this past weekend? Were you invited? I did not. Mm, left I off did the not. invite list. That's tough. Left off the invite list. Um, 
which it sounds like, uh, according to the textures from the previous show, like maybe it's a good thing I wasn't there. (laughs) I don't want to jump on a sinking Uh, ship. Yeah. Uh, Well, maybe maybe Teddy is to blame for uh, no commits coming out of Champion Barbecue Weekend. No, there's some there's some panic right now. Like Texas got a. Uh, uh, what a four-star receiver this weekend! Oh, nice. They got a four-star corner this weekend. Florida starting to heat up. Um, Ohio State doing some really nice things, and yeah. OU still at six commits right now, and they haven't gotten a commit in a while. Now we ran down last hour how this can still be considered a success, and the short version of it is basically well, the high-profile targets that you felt like you you were in the lead for. Maybe you strengthen that lead even more for a guy like David Stone, a guy like Williams Winery the, the previous weekend before, and some other like four and three and four star guys. Maybe you are in the mix now more than you ever have been. Yeah, so I, I think you look at a visit weekend and you look at success by how many how many commits you get. Well, you have zero as of right now, but I don't know. Did they make their case even more for some other top you know top flight guys? Yeah, probably so. Yeah, that's what it sounds like anyway. Well, let me just ask you plain and simple. Was it a success or not? How do you classify it? Um, if they still lead for Winery, which I believe they still do, they still lead for, uh, for David Stone, which I still think that they do, I would say that, yes, it would be labeled as a success. Okay. All right. Well... Agree? Disagree? No idea. I have no, I have no yeah. idea. Um, you know, I, I think it's interesting. There's no doubt that the coaching staff, fans, people that are into recruiting, there's no doubt that everyone would love to get commitments from, from everyone that you had there and supposedly loved their their recruiting trip. Um that's that's not ever going to happen, but I guess I'm a little surprised they didn't get any commitments from anyone, no matter how far kind of down the list they are. Um, that's a bit curious. I don't think it's curious like I'm suggesting they they don't like Oklahoma or they're backing off of Oklahoma. Just... I, I guess I don't know. Yeah, I think what we have to, to remember what OU's uh, visit policy is, though. That's right. You, you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah. think that that makes it a little bit more unique in that we know the deal by now. If you want to commit to OU, know what commitment looks like, you're not going to take a visit anywhere else. So, right. I just don't think that that policy, necess- like most years, is going to get a whole lot of early commits like you're seeing with some other schools. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. I. I guess I'm uh, – I'll take both sides of it. I understand the frustration, and I get it. You feel like you, you should get at least something out of it. But on the other hand, I can say that I I believe the kids when they say that they really liked it. I'll believe the, you know, the recruiting experts that say that they, you know – locked up or improved on uh, some of the guys they were leading on. Like, I guess I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm open to all of it right now. Fact of the matter is it's 
it's got to turn into something at some point. Yep. And, like, when is that going to be? I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, don't you feel like there's always going to be a little bit of uh, a delay before you commit to something? I know they've been re- being recruited all the time. It's like it's not the first time they showed up to meet the coaches. But it's almost like you go car shopping or something or you're, you're, you're touring a, uh, a city looking for homes. I, when you walk into the house that you like, you don't want to go, we'll take it. You know, it's like let's. I did that with it. my first home, but I, I still I, I see the comparison you're trying to make. Yeah, it's, fair. it's like you know we'll 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 still look around a little bit. We'll maybe not show our hand. Maybe we'll negotiate a little bit. We'll throw an offer out there a little lower. You know, I, there's probably some of that going on now because you got to understand the world we live in, and it's nil, and all these big big athletes are are getting good nil offers. All right, so. You know, it's just it's and they a were in a similar spot game. last year. I mean, I, I would say that to some people that are panicking, and I know that they've heard that rebuttal, and they probably hate that one. That's fine, but this this staff has pulled in a top five class before, and they were in a very similar spot a year ago in terms of overall commits. Yeah, and they really did some damage later on in the summer. So just just hold on; they'll they'll have a good class. I don't think it'll be top five like last year necessarily, but. They'll they'll have a good class. I don't. I don't Why not? I don't doubt because that. of the uh, like the five the anchor five star quarterback is pretty critical. To, yes, correct. To having a top five class, but you know if they end up anchor five star defensive line though won't hurt. That's what I was about to say. If if they were some way able to to lock up all of the the defensive linemen and edge guys that we're told they lead on, then. You know, is it going to be a top five class? I don't know where it would be, but it would like for what we need. I would rate it super high. Right, that's yeah. you know, if we're hitting all those those points of interest that we've got to fill, uh, then yeah, who cares what it's ranked nationally if we're getting the right guys in that fit our needs? Chapstick on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. None of the football recruiting matters until November. People need to be patient. Uh, from the four three zero, I need to see a receipt versus who we land to determine if it's a success or not. So, fair on uh, both accounts. Here's something, yeah. if you didn't talk about it late last week, that'll make mm. you say, huh? It is not my opinion. It is someone else's opinion. But I'm going to state the opinion that I'm looking at right now, and you tell me how you feel in the moment as soon as I okay. say it. From 2000 to 2009, Texas had a better run than Oklahoma. In fact, Teddy... Not only did Texas, from 2000 to 2009, have a better run than Oklahoma, Texas actually had the best run in college football in the decade from 2000 to 2009. How does that sit with you immediately? Well, right off the top, it couldn't have been better than USC, right? Uh, Let's see, SC split in 03 won it in 04 and made it to the title in 05. That's pretty good. So two titles. And how many Heisman Trophy winners? Uh, three? three. Yeah, three. Yeah, so that one is totally eliminated. And that's just the first school that came to the top of my head. I mean, uh, like there's others you can go to. Ohio State didn't win two in that. Did anyone they else win it, two in that area? Um, uh, era? 
Miami in 01. They didn't win another one. They Ohio won. State in 02. LSU in 03. I think that's it. No, okay. Florida would have 06 and 08. Florida won two. 06 and 08. So Florida won two. 06, 08. Had a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, yeah, a better run than Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma won six and four. OU was six and four in that time span against Texas with some okay. blowout wins, right? 63 14, 65 13, a 12 0 shutout win in 2004. And then Big 12 championships, Texas won two, 05 and 09. OU won 2000, 2002, 2004, 06, 07, and 08. So it was six Big 12 championships to two. Both won one national championship with another. Well, OU had what? Two other title game appearances during that time? Yeah. No, three other title game appearances during that time. Yeah, so what? So four yeah. title appearances total? And what I'm referencing is. And three is, Heisman Trophy winners. And what right? I'm referencing is, is Bill Conley of ESPN ranked the best college football team of every decade. And he has Texas as the best team in college football in the 2000s. And I'm trying to figure out how in the hell he came up with Texas as the best team in college football from 2000 to 2009. Well, okay. Now, he has an argument if the if the debate is what was the single best team during that span, it would have been 05 Texas. Uh, okay. I mean, that's not the argument, but... Okay, uh, that's what yeah. I was wondering. Because like, if they're just finding the single best team... During that era, like you could, they would have a much stronger claim for that than they would that they had the best stretch. His claim really is that Texas from two to, from oh one to oh nine won at least ten games every single year. So I mean, because it says number one Texas six top fives, one number one. Well, right below them is OU at two. OU has seven top fives, and of course, one number one as well. Like I, I guess he's factoring in the consistency a whole lot more than than anything. But OU had some pretty great consistency in the two thousands. I don't know how he came up with this. I'm very confused. Yeah, because yeah, I'm with you, stupid. man. Like Florida, I think was a better program in the two thousands. Oklahoma was definitely a better program in the two thousands. USC was definitely a better pro. Like, if you want to say Texas was top five during that time span, okay. Number one, no shot. No chance that that was the case. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, because really, really man, that decade, all of that decade was Bob Stoops versus Mac Brown. And a major storyline for Texas during that decade is how much Bob Stoops owned Mac Brown during that time. Now, Texas had a little bit of a run towards the tail end of that decade, but OU won six out of the four, and like I said, some really lopsided results in that in that in in those yeah. ten years. So they won in 08, and they won in 09, but Bradford was hurt in 09. So that, there's like a little bit of an asterisk on that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a very bold claim. I think it's Bill Connolly trying to hide the fact that he's from Oklahoma. You know, if he would have if he would have picked Oklahoma in that, he would have been uh, perhaps chased out of town by Texas fans claiming bias. 
Um, I, I mean, don't know. here here's the decade that I mean he. I don't know if he states the case or or not. Um, Mac Brown's Texas won at least ten games every year from 01 to 09 with five top five finishes in a classic 05 title, while Bob Stoops Oklahoma managed five straight AP top six finishes to start the decade, then fielded one of the best offenses ever in 2008. Yeah. And then he just kind of lists off some numbers there, so there's no real reason there. I, I, I guess just the consistency from Texas and the 10-plus win seasons kept got, got them to number one. But anyone that actually lived through that decade says, yeah, that's wrong. Texas was not the best team in college football during that time span. Well, I had a buddy text me, and I – it's interesting because I said, okay, well, maybe he's saying Texas had the best single team with 05, Vince Young's, that, that 05 team. And and he said, no way, 01, Miami's better. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, yeah. I agree with that, yes. That'd be a hell of a game, though, right? I mean, Texas definitely has the edge at quarterback, Vince Young against Ken Dorsey. Not that Ken Dorsey was trash, but he's not Vince Young. But I think Miami might have the edge at every other position in that game. No kidding. Now, um, I guess the USC gave them everything they could handle. Um, but, yeah. Man, that, there were some really good football teams in. Not to say there's not now. Obviously, there's now. There's there's un, unreal football teams right now. Georgia's trying to three-peat. Do you think Georgia, do we get the same, like, moans and groans if Georgia three-peats oh, uh, that we did whenever Oklahoma three-peat in softball? Teddy, Georgia could – the Peach Bowl isn't a playoff game this year, though it was last year, and I didn't hear anyone saying that Georgia had an unfair advantage of playing in the Peach Bowl last year against Ohio State, which is interesting. But Georgia could play in the Peach Bowl again in the semifinal, and if the national championship was in Atlanta, we wouldn't hear half the groans about Georgia yeah. having that advantage like we would at Oklahoma getting to play in Oklahoma City every single year. No. Where is the national championship this year? Uh, I think it's in Houston, right? Is that right? Yeah, I think it's and in Houston. I remember uh, bitching about it, but do you know where the, off the top of your head, where the first 12 team national championship is? Is it like Indianapolis or something stupid like no, that? No, I think, wasn't it? Um, I think you'll remember the story. It's actually kind of funny. It was supposed to be in Vegas, I believe, that year. And there okay. was some giant convention that was there, and there weren't enough hotel That's rooms, right. so they had to move it to Atlanta. I think, That's right. I think That's it, it, right. if it's not that year, it's the year after that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's the world's largest mattress convention or something <laughs> stupid. Like, you just can't can't move it. Uh, text yeah. line is not handling this Bill Conley ranking all that well. Big Rich says that dude was high. 430 F Texas. Um, Florida and USC won multiple titles from the 405. And a lot of other ones that I can't read on here. So that's how we're yeah. starting the week. That's the weird thing about it is that I I can name several teams that I mean you got to weigh it a little bit more than just ten win seasons. I mean, if you win multiple national titles and have multiple Heisman Trophy winners in that span, I think that's got to I think that's got to factor in too. All right, quick timeout. I'm hanging out at Newcastle Casino today. I 44 exit 107. Keep hitting us on the text line, Knippelmeyer text line, 651-3439. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. 
Every summer has its own stories, and Dorsey Jones in El Reno has a story for you. It starts with Buick. The new 2023 Buick. Fire prevention tips, because only you can prevent wildfires. Brought to you by the USDA Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. I was so jealous that last week you had content galore, man. Not supposed to happen this time of the year, but you had Jordy Ball, Derek LeBlanc, the SEC schedule reveal the middle of last week, and I don't think it's old news just yet because it's so exciting, but... um, what was the reaction? Was it excitement mixed in with, well, hell, Texas got a much easier draw than we did? Is that kind of the reaction? Uh, you know what? I'm sure there was some of that out there, but I was so pumped that I paid it no attention. <laughs> I, to me, that is such a... Texas and Texas A&M fight that I'll let them argue over that dumb yeah. stuff. You know, I, who cares? The year after, you know, we'll play the same schedule essentially that Texas is playing. So it really doesn't matter. I I, I, I didn't have that reaction. Um, I didn't care about Texas draw, honestly. I looked at that and I said, Teddy, that's like a 10 out of 10 for entertainment purposes. Oh, I know. Other than having to go to crappy Columbia, Missouri – um, I'll, I'll even take that with the home and road schedule that OU got. I was, dude, I was so happy when I saw that. I, uh, other than Missouri part, I was telling the guys, I was like, I can tell you with 100% certainty, Missouri will be on our schedule. It is just flat out going to happen, yeah. <laughs> but that's fine. I got no problem with it. I thought it's awesome. We got storylines galore with uh, our home games, right? And the road games? You kidding me? No, they're they're awesome. They're also. I think Auburn is. I the, the people out there in the SEC will say it's one of the more underrated places in that league because people talk about Bama more, Tennessee or Florida. Like Auburn's apparently like a really cool college town, a really cool stadium mm-hmm. atmosphere. Like I'm more excited about LSU. I'm maybe even more excited about the Grove at Ole Miss, but. I'm still making the road trip to Auburn, man. And I, 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 apparently, a lot of people looked at that and said, oh, my gosh, that's a, re- that's a super tough schedule. It's definitely a tougher schedule than what they have this year. There's no doubt about it. it it's, it's probably going to end up being the toughest schedule that OU's had in several years. But when I look at those road games, man, will it be tough to win at Auburn? Yeah, but Auburn's not in great shape right now, you know? And maybe yeah. Hugh Freeze gets it going by year two, but there's a lot of uncertainty out there right now. So I think Auburn's a little bit of a wild card. We'll see how good they are when OU goes out there. LSU, we talk about this all the time, right? I think I even heard you say it on the schedule reveal show last week. Is that LSU, like once every four or five years, they have that team where they really build up to and they feel like they have a chance to win a championship, right? Right. And it kind of feels like – I don't I don't know if they're looking at this year's team like the 2019 team, but if they have that team, it kind of feels like this year's team with them. Yeah, we'll, this is going to be their ramp-up year. We'll, They've got we'll an experienced quarterback. Historically, after their ramp-up year, they're not they're not very good. Okay, so we'll, we'll see about that. And then Ole Miss is kind of going to be a 7-8 win team, you know, maybe 9, like they have been for the most part with Lane Kiffin. So 
it's going to be a lot more difficult, there's no doubt. But I don't know, man. I, I think that there's a chance that those three road games you look at and you say, yeah, I, I mean, maybe, maybe there's not a top ten team in, in that mix. Uh, probably not a top ten team, but of the eight games we play in the SEC, there's a chance that um, six of the eight, maybe more, are top 25. Yeah, which <laughs> makes it way more difficult than any schedule you've had previously, but, sure. That makes it way better. It does, man. And that's you that's know, how I'm choosing to look at this. I'm not choosing. I mean, that's just I just, I just think it's awesome, man. It's for our great. home games, um, we get to host the biggest name in all of college football in Alabama. We get to host uh, a big up-and-comer, huge fan base, coming off of their best season in a long time, Tennessee. Storyline there with Josh Heupel as head football coach. And then we get to host South Carolina, which obviously we know Beamer. He spent time here. Um, but we've never played South Carolina. It's a first. So it's going to be really cool to host that. And I imagine they've got a really good fan base. I imagine they travel like crazy. All yeah. three of those teams, I think, are going to travel like crazy. And then the road slate, Tyler, We three of our four conference road games are places we've never played yeah. as a university. I know. that it's That's awesome. I, I don't expect every one of our fan base to make – the trip to Auburn, LSU, and Ole Miss. But I kind of expect everyone in our fan base to make a trip to one, and that's saying way more than you can say in a long time for uh, Yeah, what game a, this a year is schedule. everyone making the trip to, uh, to outside of OU Texas? Right. A- so Anywhere? I, I think, you know, however many people we have in our fan base, I think a huge chunk of them are going to make pick one trip. Is it LSU? Is it Auburn? Is it Ole Miss? I have no idea, but I think we're gonna we're gonna see a lot more fans on the road. And the great thing is, it's gonna be that way for four years. Yeah, and, and at it, least yeah, it'll continue after. And, and, that. and I like this is definitely a glass half full like take on this staff and the where the program sits right now. But if if you wanted a super tough schedule, like year three does feel like that's the best team that they're gonna have. In terms of this this staff, right? If Stutzman comes back, you, you'll have Bowman back for another. Like the, the way that twenty twenty four looks like it's going to sit, it looks like that's going to be your best team out of the first three years. That might be the best year to have a you know more of a tougher schedule. Possibly, I don't know. yeah. I, if if you continue to bolster your roster in recruiting, if you continue to uh, you know, fill gaps and fill holes through the transfer portal. Yeah, I think that that's that could be the case. That you could have a really strong team. Um, a lot of it's going to depend. Let's call it how it is. Uh, what's Jackson Arnold look like? You know, um, is he is he going to be totally? Uh, you know, have has not played. Has not. Uh, been in the fire at all under pressure, and I'm not just talking about mop-up duty. Has he been able to get in, take critical snaps, meaningful snaps, under pressure, under duress, um, you know, with, with the game on the line, or is is his first real snaps under pressure with, with that type of uh, – is it going to be Alabama at home? You know, like that's, sure. that's a little bit different, which – 
you know, that's another question. Which one of these games do you think is our opener? You know the scuttlebutt that I had heard um, a few months ago. Now, all of that, I think, was under the thought that it was going to be a nine-game schedule. Uh I I got to think that – here's what I think. I think if you're putting Georgia and Alabama on OU and Texas schedule, Mm -hmm. you want a real welcome to the SEC moment, television ratings. I I just wouldn't be surprised if Texas' first SEC game is Georgia and OU's is Alabama. Uh, I would rank it like this. I'd rank it Alabama – Tennessee and then South Carolina is most likely to be the first SEC game. That's just really a guess, though. It's I, like I'm with you, but I also remember the rumor that started a long time ago that South Carolina was going to be our very I know, first SEC home game. I know. Game. I know. So, like, typically on something like that, where there's smoke, there's fire. So, like, that's got me. Like, because personally. I'd rather get Alabama early than late. You know, um, <laughs> most years it doesn't matter, but well, for, the uh, only re- it, it it may not matter, and but it may matter a little bit. It may matter a lot. Like part of it is, you know, how much have they seen Jackson Arnold? How much have they seen like you? They're going to be cooking something up all off season for that game. I'm sure, right? And you'll be able to spring it on them. And a lot of that stuff, the the deeper in the schedule something like that is, the more difficult it is to be able to hang on to it in your back pocket. But, you know, if it's like the second game of the year, you go out and you play whoever, game one, some non-conference game, you don't have to show anything. And then you've got a little bit of, you know, the ability to ambush and surprise. Now, that only takes you so far, right? But it is something. Now, if you're to play them later in the in the year, you know, if you don't play them game two or game three, like play a couple of non-cons and then open up conference play like that, most likely it's probably going to be you won't play Alabama or Tennessee till after OU Texas. Like all your cards are going to be out on the deck or That's on true. the table, you know. Um, you guys probably did this on Thursday or Friday. This is the best um, – that is the best home schedule of my lifetime. And really the only home schedule that I can think of that is maybe even comparable would be like 1985 when you played Miami at home and you played Nebraska at home that year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, like that, I don't well, – in my lifetime, I've never seen a home schedule like this. You know, it's going to be interesting because we only have three home conference games because we're the home team OU Texas that year. And, you know, Josie's trying to fill in – some non-conference, and uh, depending on who he feels, because of the way that slate looks like, you may be playing some serious rum drums uh, in those other two non-conference games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, but you, he said there's not very many options out there, so your choices may be somewhat limited. Who knows what that even ends up looking like. Ooh, so. you want some uh, hashtag breaking news here? Wow. Should, should you go ahead and put it out there, or do you need to tease it and hit it on the other side? Um, How about I go ahead and say it now, and we can process it during the break. This okay. is major. It's major OU news and major Oklahoma high school football news. Okay. Um, according to Sooner Scoop, 2025 four-star quarterback OU commit Kevin Sperry is transferring to Carl Albert High School. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> I think Carl Albert was already supposed to be loaded this year. I mean, they're loaded most years. But really, this year, with guys like Xavier Robinson, they were really supposed to be you know, maybe one of the better Carl Albert teams in a while, and now they may be adding a future five-star in Kevin Sperry. Dang, dude. Future oh. five-star? I'll just tell you right now, if that kid is not a five-star by the time he's a senior or whenever they typically rate those kids – it's an absolute travesty with how good he is. Good luck That's, to everyone else at 5A. Dang. Oh, I got breaking news here. Um, every other 5A school is transferring out to either 6A or 4A. 4A, yeah, they're dropping down to 4A. <laughs> All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino. Stay tuned. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been the favorites in 5A, but even more so now? They get a current four-star, and you say recruiting rankings are a joke if he's not a five-star in the future, which I would agree with. Rob from Moore says, I think it's safe to say Kevin Sperry is serious about being a Sooner and being heavily involved in his future team. He's been around the past couple of weekends um, at all these camps and now that he wants to play his he last was like two camp years. camp for like three weeks yeah, straight, it felt yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> now he wants to spend his last two years of high school football around here as well. Yeah, he's he's pretty serious. How about that, Carl Albert? I'm waiting on the, uh, the Oklahoma City chapter of the OSSAA to shut that transfer down. You can only transfer to, like, Jinx or Bigsby. You can't transfer yeah, to course. an Oklahoma City area school. <laughs> yeah. you know? That's what I've learned the That's past few years. Like. I have no – I'll just – I'm joking. I have no idea how any of that goes. But I feel like on the east side of the state, you transfer wherever you need to. Over here, I feel like there's always some serious drama involved with any type of transfer. I can uh, hear it now. Well, hell, Carl Albert got more commits this weekend than OU did. Good point. When do they start to uh, put, like, an official three, four, five-star on kids? Um, Junior okay. year. I, I mean, if you're one of the more... You know, but if you're one of the more well-known players your junior year, you'll you'll you usually we'll earn a ranking early on. Yeah, gotcha. But yeah, that if unless something unforeseen happens, he's going to be a five star. Absolutely. I I will have to I will have to see it to believe it that there's a better quarterback in that class. Why do you like Why do you like him so much? Jeez, are you getting Peyton Manning here or what? Or is he better than Peyton? Well, he's totally different than I know, Peyton. I'm kidding about Peyton uh, Manning. No, I'm just saying like, he's athletic, smooth, accurate, arm strength, like just checks every single box. And he's and he's super young. You, I mean, maybe the kid's peaked, and my opinion will change. But like, if he continues on the trajectory he's on right now. I guess is what I'm saying is that, you know, if, if he continues to do all those things, it's just, he's going to check every single box across the board without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, maybe Kevin Sperry can help recruit some of these Carl Albert kids for OU. That, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't hurt. Kind of yeah. like Xavier Robinson, which I think OU sits in a good spot for right now. But, man. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I don't think that that's anything but positive news for OU football. I, 
I don't think any of us were worried about Kevin Sperry and his future. I think he's made it pretty obvious thus far how he feels and how serious he is about OU, but here's just here's something else to it. Yeah, that's big time. Very cool. Um, I guess I, the, the camp stuff was positive. Like Sperry was there the whole time. Like We heard a bunch of good stuff. Champion Barbecue. You, you talk to the people that were there or that were talking to recruits, and every, it sounds like I, we keep hearing that everything is going great. I is the hold back? Is the hold up? Is it's got to be nil stuff, right? That can be the only explanation. Well, I I think we understand that not everyone's situation is the same. Um, nil, yeah, I think it. Uh, yeah, it definitely plays a part in it. I just really think OU's visit policy plays a large part in it as yeah, well. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's that's a piece of it too. Uh, but if like if the kids are saying like this is where they want to go, and and OU leads, and they love everything about the trip, is it just I want to go like check a couple of boxes and see some other places just to do it? I mean, you know, I, is that I, I read really a story. What we're talking about, you know, I read a story of a probably three weeks ago on The Athletic, and uh, the basis of the story was this This writer interviewed Brent Venables one-on-one. I forgot who it was. But he went in with the opinion that he doesn't think that Brent Venables' visit policy is fair. Like, how, how is it fair that I want to do what's best for me and take another visit, and you're going to throw me off your recruiting board? That's not fair. Anyway, he asked, like, the tough questions about that to Brent, and basically the writer said at the end, I've totally flipped my opinion on OU and Brent Venable's visit policy. And one of the things that Brent said in that is that he's basically told kids not to commit at certain points. Now, I'm not saying that he's done that a lot, and the story didn't say that he's done that a lot. But he did say that there have been times where he said, like, no, don't commit. Like, you've got to make sure that you're ready. Know what commitment means. Know what it looks like. Like, like, This staff takes it that seriously that it sounds like there's been times, and I'm not saying it happened this weekend – but there have been times where he said, like, no, not, not just yet. Go take your other visits. That's fine. Go take your visits, and when you're ready, then come back and commit here. They, they, I, I, it doesn't really just sound like they push super hard for early commits. Well, and, you know, I can understand that to a point. If, if you press and press and press and someone does commit before they're ready, you're almost setting yourself up for a bad situation later. Um like whatever that tiny little bit of doubt that is there that you can, I'm sure, sense whenever, you know, a kid is talking about maybe a trip that he's got later on and that he wants to see, but he still wants to commit. And, okay, I guess, yeah, I guess I'll commit and, and not take that trip. Like you're kind of setting yourself up for a kid to commit and then, you know, end up going and, on that trip yeah. anyways, right? Yeah. Because they, because it's not like that school's going to all of a sudden say, oh, okay, we'll stop recruiting you now. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it all comes out. All right, quick time out. More from the Rush coming up. We will wrap up our number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Summer has just begun, so do something cool. Go to Dorsey Jones in El Reno, where you'll get burning, fiery, red-hot savings on a new 2023 GMC. Like the new 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 4x4. Indulging in myself. 
Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush, emergency repair or storm damage over the weekend. Cavensgroup.com. They can help you out. They are on call 24-7. Cavens Group based right here in Norman. They serve all of Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, and the North Texas area as well. Tennessee is up 6-4 to right now. So if they can hold on here in the ninth inning, they are going to move on. But really the scores that most people care about from Omaha is the Jello Shot Challenge. Sure. Uh, as of a few hours ago today, and LSU plays later on tonight, as of uh, around noon today, LSU has tallied 12,836 Jello Shots, uh, even though they've played just one game in Omaha. So they are going to easily surpass 13,000 Jello Shots, I would assume, by the time their game is completed tonight. No way. I'm shocked. I cannot believe LSU is... Uh, At least they own who they are, you know? Yeah. Hey, they are They are uh, proudly the drunkest fan base in all of college <laughs> sports. Proudly. Yeah, and um, if, if you didn't already know what LSU fans were all about before we all take that Baton Rouge visit coming up in 2024... Not that there's going to be 18,000 jello shots scattered across the stadium, though I, I wouldn't bet against it. Um, they, uh, they party hard, man. Yeah. They, they're, they're, they're tough to beat in a party. That's, that's what you're going to be uh, running into. Well, is ORU going to win this thing? No, they lost last night. That's Oh, they okay. Um, so they're out. Well, no, they're not out. No, they're, that's I mean, just their it, first loss. Yeah, I, it's – I mean, they can, they can definitely come back and – you know, get into the championship series, but their their pitching staff is about to be pretty stretched, I would guess. They got to play TCU coming up tomorrow. Okay. And that's who they beat in the Game opener, one. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sean says, Reed, Virginia's embarrassing number. You're right, Sean. 566 jello shots for Virginia. Meanwhile, wow. Oral Roberts, uh, 2,521 earlier today. If ORU is out drinking you 5-1, to one, then, yeah, you got some issues. I think ORU's probably um, ordering and donating, right? <laughs> yeah, giving it to someone else. Give it yeah. to the homeless outside instead. Yeah, that's some pretty pretty interesting numbers there. I still think that's like the greatest marketing ploy oh, of all time. Yes, it is. Are you kidding me? It's the greatest that I've ever seen from a bar. I'm a little disappointed in Tennessee. Like Tennessee's got a passionate fan base, and yeah. they care about they're, – they're kind of a Johnny-come-lately seemingly in baseball. Um, I mean, they've had some good teams before, but they're not LSU or Arkansas or anyone like that. Um, 1,500 for them. That, that kind of just – I thought that they were a little bit more intense than that. Guess not. I, they, they may be saying this, this is a marathon, not a sprint, and if they plan on being there, um, they may have bigger numbers start to show up. And like, This thing's still just kind of getting underway. Like, when does the championship series start? That starts over the weekend, right? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe it's Saturday. I think last year it was Saturday, Sunday, Monday. That might be the right. case again this year. Yeah, so we we got a little time here before things get going. We, we've just dipped our toe in the water. But very well, cool. L- some good LSU's teams, already man. dunked themselves. LSU was at like 8,000 before they even played one game. It was insane. They're not How about like down. the uh, the six-foot-six – 255-pound Tom Selleck they have uh, pitching for him. Oh, Paul Skeens? Yeah. Just throws like 101? Yeah, no big deal. Crazy. All right, hour number one in the books. We'll be back with more next here from Newcastle. 1400 AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma.